I had a, uh, was it? No, it was, it was actually, it was kind of, I mean, it was arranged slightly differently, but it was like this size apartment that I lived in in the suburbs. And same thing, like the air conditioning unit was out like in the living space. Mm-hmm. And it was like living space. And then you went straight back and the bedroom was back there. And in the summer when it was hot, it didn't cool the whole apartment oh, efficiently. So <laughs> I would just like, I dragged my mattress out to the living room, just slept out there. Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. only podcast that combines teachers having an honest conversation over a couple of beers. Classroom Brew is associated with hashtag teacher pods. Be sure to check out other great podcasts around the world today. Welcome back to the podcast. This is now episode 45. Last week I was talking with my buddy Tim and Tim is back. Um, course it's only been a few minutes for us so that's been kind of nice so we we left off we were talking about the life of a player slash a student athlete before we started recording that first episode for 44 uh we were talking about the life of a coach a teacher Mm. coach and how that affects both your your coaching and your teaching by being in both capacities we met in grad school but we also play on an intramural softball league Mm -hmm. with a professor from the university (laughs) too which is fun which, by the way, the first time I saw him make a diving, spinning throw, it, it blew my mind. It's, yeah, it's mind-boggling, is it? Because yeah, he doesn't—he doesn't look like an athlete, but then he gets out. He's yeah, he moves around pretty well. You know, what's funny is that when, this past weekend when we were playing, the opponent mm-hmm. came over and they were like, "How old is that man on first? Because <laughs> they wanted yeah, him for the it's, senior it's age fight. It's like it's like Adrian Beltre, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and because the, they were like, "Is he is he fifty five plus?" And they're like, "I don't know." We had to go after mm. like Isaac. How how old's your dad? <laughs> they were like, "Oh yeah." And then they approached him like, "Do you want to be part of the senior mm-hmm. league?" Yeah, if that were me, I'd be like, "Thank you," but also, <laughs> yeah. "Fuck you." Like, anyway. If you're eligible or not, yeah, that's a big deal. That 55 cutoff because they, yeah, they play in. Uh, I heard them actually recruiting him to that they wanted to go down to Tampa or whatever. Yeah, oh, Tampa. I, yeah. I don't they know if that yeah. was the same one, but I don't know. That's a big actually, commitment for an intramural league. Yeah, they take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms, of, I know you played uh, baseball in college, mm-hmm. uh, a left-handed shortstop. I did not. Uh, so I did not. <laughs> Yeah, I practiced baseball in college. I Got was a, I was a first baseman. In okay. My, in okay. my in my actual baseball life, I was a I was a good glove no hit first baseman, which is a, <laughs> the worst combination of skills you can possibly have. <laughs> well, it works in softball. It works yeah, in softball. yeah, I, softball works. Because I, I didn't know you were lefty until I saw you taking mm. a knee and you had to pivot your whole body to get the throw to first. It, it threw me off it's guard. Footwork, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all in the footwork or lack thereof. <laughs> uh, so, in terms of coaching, have you have you had any coaching experience mm-hmm. along with teaching? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was what was that? So I coached, uh, actually, uh, so after I student taught, I, the next, I didn't get a job or whatever. So the next spring I was just volunteering as a baseball coach. Okay. Um, and that was in the, the, actually at the school that I went to and played at. Okay. Um, and I did that on a, you know, a full-time basis for three years. And so the, the first spring I was working at a maintenance job, like whatever. But then the next two years I was actually working at a different high school, um, as a teaching assistant in a okay. program for academically at risk freshmen. Okay. So I would work there during the day and, and then go coach in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it actually wasn't too bad for me workload wise. Cause my responsibilities at we'll call it Ike, uh, were, I mean, I had responsibilities, but I didn't have to do a lot of like planning or sure, any sure. grading or stuff like that. So I pretty much when the bell rang, I was done. It's the know, best kind of job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, the commuting back and forth was a little problematic, but yeah. And then I, I continued coaching. I would go back when I first started grad school for like the first two or three years. I don't remember exactly. I would go back and help out the varsity team at the, mm. the same school. 
when the semester ended. So basically, okay. like the last few weeks of the regular season and the playoffs. Got it. Which is also nice because it was like you know summer and I'd be done and just <laughs> right. hang out and coach, yeah, do some baseball stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I noticed that now that I'm teaching football, I've noticed that my my teaching when it was like first starting, I became more vocal. Mm. Like I have a very laid back, but like the more that I was coaching and getting loud, mm-hmm. the more I noticed in class, I'd be like, I'm gonna wait for you guys to <laughs> like that kind of. It got yeah. more loud. <laughs> you need like a um, whistle, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Just like as soon as it's time for that bell ringer, like mm-hmm. pull, bust out the whistle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But have you noticed that? you know, that, that relationship between the way you coach and the way you teach, Mm. has it affected one or the other? Because I know mine certainly has. Yeah. It's really interesting because I used to, so, and I still think this, I think there's like a type of coach, basically, Uh, a type of teacher coach, basically. And you can tell usually who it is, a person who is basically in education specifically because they wanted to coach X sport. And they like sort of kind of more or less cared about whatever subject they're, you know, whatever. So they teach that. Right. And I think in the, in those cases, there's a direct parallel, actually, or a direct connection between the way they coach and the way they teach mm-hmm. is that they're the same. Like almost <laughs> kind of like what you're describing, where like right. these are instead of, you know, practices or drills or whatever, we have drills in the classroom. Like, so you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you know, whatever. Sure. And, you know, it's usually, you know, they're like old school coaches, old school teachers, whatever. I think sometimes... And actually, like what you're saying is very interesting to me because I think there's a, a thought process that says like when you're coaching, you have to somehow be more authoritarian mm-hmm. than and like authoritarian is a big, you know, scary word. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Just like yeah. that, you know, embody that a kind of person. presence versus yeah. you can be laid back as a teacher. Yeah. But not all coaches do that. Right. So. Not right. Not all coaches do that. And not all teachers think that way. Right. I mean, it's right. but I think this is really just a hunch. But I would I would guess that if you, you know polled people qualitatively or whatever, you would find that teachers who in the classroom consider themselves very, I don't know, open or like they th- they see themselves more as a facilitator, mm-hmm. right? Don't think the same way about coaching. And I think right. there's something about the competitive aspect of it that makes people think like, and there are more models, I guess, like, you know, if you're coaching baseball and you're a baseball fan, you know, you're right. asked to have like certain models of like professional managers that you're, <laughs> you're you know. picturing the hecklers and you're like, that's what I got to yeah, coach. Like, yeah, yeah, basically. Get their or, attention. Or like, you know, you get into coaching because like, uh, you know, I don't know, Vince Lombardi or George Hallis or somebody was your hero. Right. Like, you, you, in other words, there are models. Sure. Whereas in the classroom, like usually it's someone who taught you or what, you know, what I, I don't know. Right. And what's really, I, again, I find myself thinking about this a lot lately is, <laughs> you know, what would it look like, you know, say you had like a, a genuinely like progressive student center classroom where like one of the first things you thought to ask was to the students was like, what do you guys think about this? Or what do you want to do? Or what interests you? What are you curious about? Whatever. Right. Sure. What would that look like in a, like on a baseball team? Right. <laughs> oh man, this is a bucket list thing and I'm never going to get to do it. It's optimistic. Tim. But I, yeah, <laughs> if I ever, I guess I could do it. Like if, uh, if Noah plays uh little league, I could like run it like this. There you, go. Yeah, you only got what? Six or seven yeah, years. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, would be to essentially to well and and this part of it would would work best in a school setting would be to set up the baseball team almost like a a co-curricular activity as opposed to like an extracurricular activity so have your players whoever they are mm-hmm. and let them design practices let them run practices wow, give a kid a chance to coach third base you know like stuff <laughs> like that but then yeah. also have like i think it would be really i don't know how you would do this because i don't know enough about the the math or anything but like have an analytics department like get like three kids from stat yeah, class and the go. stats teacher to like run a little data mining opera i don't you know again i don't know how you do it but <laughs> um and have like a social media and communications team 
Like I'm sure there's yeah, some kid in good. the school who wants to be an announcer, right? Yeah, and yeah. do all that. That to me is like again, it's like a community thing, right? Everybody's right. here in, engaged in this, and like you know, winning is Im- obviously important to people. You want to feel like you're right. doing well. The skills that you're right, but that would only work, I think, if everyone from like you know the the AD down to you know the parents of the, the kids right. on the team we're willing to step back and say it's okay if we lose uh, maybe maybe all the time you know depending on right. the, the talent <laughs> level but what's really important here is the skills but also just like how are all these kids learning and developing as baseball players or as whatever they're right. you know as, or, as uh, an, analysts or yes yeah, fans yeah. like do you love the game as much at the end of the season as you do at the beginning of the season right right um and i think that's a helpful question to ask you know like at the end of the do you love history as much or less or more or whatever than you did at the beginning right. that appreciation right. that you from an all-encompass of statistics mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. broadcasting all that mm-hmm. that's yeah it's i never thought of it that that's probably the most restorative justice or not justice <laughs> but like the most like giving it to the students yeah uh, ownership of it and i'll plug there's a great book that actually kind of started me on this thinking process it's called oh now i'm gonna forget the name of it one <laughs> shot at forever one shot after who wrote yeah. that oh ballard i think is his name chris okay. ballard yeah i think i have that right he used to write for sports Illustrated. i think he might still write for sports Illustrated. i don't okay. know um but it's about uh, a team actually and i think it's pronounced masson okay. defying all like grammatics um <laughs> it's it's a small town down by decatur illinois okay um and they this is like in the early 70s they had a team i mean they had like 10 11 guys on the team. it was a real small school and at that time the um the baseball tournament was just every school in the state was in one class they made it all the way to the state title game i won't give away the oh, ending okay. but they were like this and i think it was like the last year that it was this one class system or whatever but their coach was this guy i think he went to u of i he went to u of i or isu i don't remember and he was this kind of you know, lefty, not, you know, far left or anything, but just kind of mm-hmm. cold, countercultural guy uh, who's an English teacher. And he did things in class like he would just, you know, he would let the kids read like popular mechanics. He would let them read whatever they wanted to read just because he wanted them to read something. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, crazy idea. <laughs> um, and he he basically became, became the baseball coach because like no one else wanted to do it or they didn't have another coach so he was like oh, whatever i'll do this uh, but he kind of ran the team like that like it was okay. just like okay you know you what yeah. do you guys want to do today what do you want to and they wound up having i mean they they had some great players obviously mm-hmm. but in the book one of the things all they all talk about is like you know we had real ownership and it was you know something that was important to us and obviously and he kind yeah. of nourished that that feeling hmm. and in fact one of the players is uh brian snitker who manages the Braves now? Just, I mean, as an idea of because he was drafted it and worked. played. Yeah, they it had worked. some legitimate. Yeah, I mean, they had some <laughs> legitimate players, but wow. um, they wound up. Did they play Lane? They played Lane, I think, in the title game or maybe the the semifinal game. But yeah, it's. But anyway, it's a new system. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got to try to develop that because I feel like I have like split personality where mm. I'm more like restorative and student centered, and then when I'm coaching, if you compared the head coach of the football team and me, mm-hmm. he'll be like, hey guys, you know what? We really got to hold it in today. <laughs> and I'm out there like, what are you doing out here? Like, I'm coaching the same way my coach is mm-hmm. where I'm grabbing a face mask whereas, you know, the head coach is like, I'm not going to yell at you. And that was practice, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, I, that's a really strong connection, I think, especially when you first start coaching and you first start teaching. Right. Your first impulse, at least for me, is always to try to try to control as much as possible in both mm-hmm. settings. And in, it's really tough in baseball because obviously, like I, don't know, I was an assistant, like there's really mm-hmm. not much you can do during the game 
right? Other than the wave the kid around the second base. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's fine. But I, I think that's true. Like there's this sudden impulse to be like to manage everything, to control everything and everyone. Right. Again, I think there's just something about sports where like actually academics is actually a very competitive endeavor right. to a lot of people, like unfortunately. And I sometimes think that in schools, <laughs> sports stir- serve as a stark reminder of just like how competitive an enterprise the whole thing really is right, the whole system of it's education. just yeah it's just stripped of its veneer and <laughs> everybody just feels comfortable saying all that matters is winning mm-hmm. right whether or not they actually say that explicitly but like <laughs> that's really what most people are saying right it's interesting to see how the kids are different too oh yeah the students are yeah you see um, the kid that sits well i have a kid that he sits in the back of the class every so often he falls asleep and i gotta be like wake up <laughs> but uh he's a leader on the team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It probably he wakes up at that point. I have him second period yeah, yeah, yeah. versus when it's the afternoon. He's mm-hmm. awake, but he's a leader. Yeah, and you, I mean, you see too how, you know, when we take away some of the like the artificial constructs or whatever you want to call them that goes on that go on in the classroom, like mm-hmm. the ability to. I mean, a lot of your success in school, so to speak, is how well you play school, right? Like, you know, can right. you do this work and submit it on time? And I'll give you the grade, for, you know, whatever. It's, right. a, it's a punishment reward kind of thing. And some people just don't do well in that context. And like when they get into another situation, they are actually very like, like you're just saying, like, wow, you're a leader. Like, and you can't play football without being able to process a lot of information. Right. I mean, not everybody is obviously as athletic as the the next person. I mean, that the physical attributes are different. But yeah, there is something about, you know, like instincts you see instincts come out that you wouldn't necessarily think or or mm-hmm. you know the ability to think ahead and plan ahead and, right. and it's i mean it's important to them and they know they can be successful at it so right um everybody can be a contributor basically is what it comes down to well and i think about uh in terms of like the, the differences between my teaching and my my coaching by having the mentor teachers that i did mm-hmm. like i had i had two and there was one that i was like i want to be very similar to the way that he teaches i like his style uh his approach to you know the in between the bell stuff, like, oh, like interacting with, or, yeah, yeah, confronting a, a student that maybe like they cheated or something like oh, that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Just the way that he went, his professionalism. Mm-hmm. And then I, my other mentor teacher, I was like, you know what? I want to make sure that my number one responsibility is teaching. Not basically half of this teacher's room was devoted to team stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like players would come in the middle of class, she would stop mm. what they were teaching, and I'm not. I'm trying not to say he or she That's on this. It, yeah. But they would stop teaching and focus on these and just say like, to this class, like, you know, finish up with this worksheet or this yeah, packet yeah. or whatever. I got to deal with this. Almost to the point where I was like, do you even care about mm. your number one job responsibility or are mm. you focused on? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how I took that approach of who I want to be like and who I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in terms of both teaching and yeah. coaching. That was an interesting relationship. Those are always difficult relationships to me. I, I was the number one thing you have to deal uh, yeah. with. Yeah, I had three very good cooperating teachers, but yeah, it's, three. Well, Jeez. I had at the so I oh I did high school and middle school, and, middle school right. and at the high school I had I had one cooperating teacher like for one class. Okay, because the my main person taught an AP like AP Psych. Okay, yeah, you don't and, want to take that. On. Yeah, they 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 weren't about to have me in there, um, so I had like one extra. Sure, yeah, sure, but they were all. And but all different, and I, that's what makes it so difficult sometimes to manage. Is right. like interpersonal know. relationships. Yeah, yeah. That's the hardest thing of anything. Uh, whether mm-hmm. you're a student teacher, you're working in your job mm-hmm. at Target or wherever, mm-hmm. or 
in uh, education, it's always personal relationships yeah. that are yeah. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of your moving forward, um, as a six, seven, eight PhD student, what's your goal after... Shade under um, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, well, I heard this thing that Steve Martin was saying where he was talking about aging. And people uh-huh. were like, oh, I heard you... Congratulations, you turned 58. He's like, yep, yep. Haven't lost weight, but I just got down to five foot nine. So that's his thing. Um, but what's what's your plan after uh, after the PhD program? Well, celebrating the aspects of the career diversity thing that we were talking about the last time, right. uh, I am open to any and all prospects. Okay, and some of my thinking about this has been uh, conditioned to one extent or another, sometimes greatly. Um, <laughs> By my, I guess, personal commitments here in the Chicagoland area of my family, right. basically. Um, Which, is, I mean, that's, that's kind of important. important. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and it also helps that my wife is like a real human being who has a, a grown-up adult job. So, like, you know. <laughs> so she's a nurse practitioner, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so there are a lot of variables that just kind of balance there. Right. Actually, what I've been planning on doing, and I've been kind of working toward this more directly recently, um, I would like to teach okay. somewhere. For sure, uh, K through twelve, or yeah. You know, so I've actually been applying to a lot of community college jobs. Okay. Uh, well, not a lot, but you know, a few uh, here and there. And I'm so, like, I'm not averse whatsoever to applying to four year research university jobs. Okay. It, you know, eventually, like when I finish, um, it's just it's not something that I'm I'm actually able to put myself forward right now as a legitimate viable candidate for community college jobs because a lot of the posting you only they require uh, an MA uh, plus like, whatever sure. whereas for you know the four-year schools they usually want like a PhD in hand or will you be done with your PhD by the start date right. or whatever and I've just I haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to say that yet so that's the only hold it's up. like those uh those like entry-level jobs and they require three years experience like yes yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> and that's I've also been applying to some case uh, high school jobs basically okay um at independent schools private schools because hmm. uh, i'm not my 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 certification lapsed uh lapsed somewhat intentionally well i had been out for so long that it like oh it got reached, it got yeah it. it reached the so if the wisconsin department of public instruction is listening i sent you an email <laughs> and i would like to know about this i'm willing to pay the money to have it extended but <laughs> if i had that uh, big of reach at this point yeah. i would be ecstatic oh, yeah you never know you never know scott walker could be like sitting in his yeah, office there we go right? there yeah. we go um, i do know that we are in we are not just a u.s podcast there are people that listen uh, abroad, but I don't know about Wisconsin. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> we can make it all the way to Japan and Great Britain, but we haven't quite made it just north of the border of it's Illinois. Its, <laughs> it's its own country in many ways. Um, yeah. Some good, some bad. Um, so it's the whole Midwest, yeah, you know, it's all different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I've been, and actually the the independent school thing. At first, I was a little skittish about it, just because my uh, sort of image of an independent like private school is like Phillips Exeter right or like uh, <laughs> what's the Robin Williams movie uh, oh uh, uh, Dead Poets Society, Dead Poets Society sure, right? sure. like all these like very rich white kids in ties and suits and ties, whatever and like very august and very right. whatever the most cliche conservative uh, professor right. that's like no I hate the <laughs> inspiring teacher that is Robin Williams right <laughs> um, but it turns out actually and this has been one of the kind of happy coincidences of, of doing some of this job searching is that there is like a whole universe of independent schools that I didn't know existed hmm. um and I mean, it's, it's it's obviously a very uh, varied sector, if you will. Right. Um, but like, I just applied for a job at a school in Chicago that they, I guess, they have like a a K eight program running now, but they're mm-hmm. starting their upper school. Oh, so uh, the inaugural. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's a 
it's a school that's devoted entirely to it's like their lower school is the Reggio Emilio or Emilia whatever mm-hmm. system. So it's you know it's progressive. They're basically like explode anything you think you know about like curriculum design and school building whatever they're kind of exploding so like there's going to be discipline sort of but it's going to be very interdisciplinary and project based and all this so you find a lot of these kind of like they're not experimental really but they're you know people are doing trying something different yeah Yeah. which is frightening uh but also kind of (laughs) cool like for someone in my position it's like okay i because i i mean it's interesting right um but then also i've applied to like the sort of traditional um, I mean, they support like dynamic, interesting teaching, but right. um, th- you know, schools that have been around for <laughs> centuries, basically. So, so, is your soul intact? Because the the job ah. search is the worst part, where you're you're driving back and forth, and you're submitting resumes, mm-hmm. and you're altering it as much as you can, mm-hmm. and oh, it's you got to sell yourself, and it's the worst. So, I had a a kind of like out of body experience not too long. It was <laughs> March or something. It was it's fairly recently. I got an email from a school district. And, you know, like I check my email periodically during the day on my phone so like if i'm just like glancing at it i don't actually open the email you just see the sign yeah and it was like a school district and i was like what like why am i getting an email from these people? i don't even remember where it was like why am i getting an email from these people and whatever so i (laughs) went but you know day went on i went back and clicked on it and it was like their application system telling me that the the application that i submitted eight years ago was (laughs) going to be like erased from their files basically their archives (laughs) and i was like i don't even remember like it made sense when i saw who it was i was like okay like geographically i just made sense to apply for i don't know what the job was or whatever but i was like well it's helpful to know i guess that my information has been sitting in someone's you know computer (laughs) system for and then about three weeks ago i actually got i got a form rejection email and it made my day because it was like and I guess I have no way to prove this for sure, but it was like somebody actually responded, which means somebody actually <laughs> perhaps looked at my material. Eight years later? Yeah. Well, this was... This was oh, uh, more recent. Yeah, more this recent. was more re- This was something that I actually applied for like in the spring. Got it. And yeah, and I was, I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, it's sad when you get excited about getting like rejected because the <laughs> right. real soul-sucking thing is just not hearing anything sure. from anyone. Or some districts, they have a, a thing that says they viewed it and then you don't hear anything. I've gotten that before. I also got an email. This was like, I was already six months into my current job mm-hmm. during my first year. Yeah. And I got an email from like someone that got my email through Indeed and it had like the oh. generic application they put on yeah. there and like I hadn't checked it in months. And all it said in the subject line, the email was blank. It was all in the subject line. You come work for me. That's all, <laughs> that's all it said. No idea what the job was. Didn't respond. I was too scared. I think I have a screenshot of it somewhere, but... Yeah, it's it's interesting when it's you're like, like I'm kind of glad someone saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 something it's out there somewhere in some human set of human some, eyes at least allegedly some potentially human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was student teaching, we had uh like for our, you know, student teaching seminar or whatever the classes right. called that you have to take while you're doing it. Um we had like an administrator come in and he had I think he had just retired or something like he was about to retire. So he just he had like no more yeah just nothing and this was so this was like 2009 i don't know if it was the height of the recession technically but it was you know middle of the the great recession not a good time yeah basically there were no yeah there were there were not many jobs period and there were like no social studies jobs somebody asked him something about i think they asked something about like you know cover letters or whatever you know just some kind of like practical question about right right. your generic yeah how do i get a job please Yeah, yeah yeah and he was like well you know i'm just gonna be honest in this environment if a school posts 
a social studies job or an English job, they probably already know who they want to hire. <laughs> and the whole, like, I mean, not all of us were, you He's know, social, yeah, we were all just like, oh, oh, like, okay. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, special ed, you'll find those jobs. Like, they're pretty plentiful. Like, you know, you've got a shot, but like, right. you know, use it. And it's very true. The only times that I am positive that anybody looked at my application and actually, I mean, because like I got an interview or whatever, right. it was when I knew somebody at the district. Yeah, it is um, what you know. Or it was a job where clearly they needed to fill it that day. <laughs> and sure. like I got mine in, you know, quickly. Right. And it was, you know, it's just like, oh, well, here's someone who's like a competent <laughs> human being. But um, which is incredible that like we didn't have a freshman English teacher or a <laughs> sophomore science teacher at my oh, school this year. This year. Yeah. None. Hmm. That's crazy. But yeah. But sorry. Anyway. Just because just because people didn't apply or like they just maybe quality didn't, candidates didn't apply. Yeah, maybe, maybe no one applied. I'm not sure. It, well, and back to your original question, I'm I'm also applying for other things, but those are kind of my sure. main focus areas right now. Um, or I'm thinking about you know other things. Well, you've got your five skills here. So you're, you're good. Yeah, go. good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually starting to wonder if like we were joking about the the length of time. I'm starting to wonder if I'm becoming like steadily more unemployable because like <laughs> nobody considers being a grad student an actual job. So they're gonna be like, oh. what 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 have you been doing for the last decade? <laughs> um, and there's all these. It's got to be like this in other sectors too. You know the the how to get a job 101 stuff. It's mm-hmm. like there's a lot you can communicate in a cover letter, but no one can ever convince me that the person who gets hired wrote something more interesting than the first person right. they rejected. You know what right. I mean? Like I I have to guess that from an administrator's perspective, they pick up the resume and say, "All right, well you've been teaching. Let's put you in the like maybe interview pile. Oh, you're just out of college. Well, we don't need you. Like this is a buyer's market. You know whatever. Right. Right. Um, oh, I'd love to see that process happening oh, behind the scenes. Well, and it's also interesting too. <laughs> it's deflating. So there was a job at. A it's a private arts high school in Chicago. Okay, and they are hiring a, a social studies teacher, and it's a small, it's a pretty small faculty, it's a small school with small faculty, and but it's like I mean it's supposedly a really good place to work. Mm-hmm. I mean it's in the city, it's whatever, and it's kind of interesting because it's like an arts. I mean it's they have people there who go on to like I think. Uh, one of the Hamilton cast members is their oh, okay. alumni or alumna or whatever, so whatever. Um, and I, yeah, I filled out an application just for the the heck of it, basically. Well, I wanted the I wanted the job, but whatever you go right, into it realistically. Right. <laughs> and I was talking to uh, so one of the members of my cohort, my grad school cohort, teaches at. Um, he started a job teaching at a at a independent school in New York two years ago or something like that. Okay. So he's very familiar with this landscape. And then I have another cohort member who's a good friend who um, has he's been teaching all over the place. And he like me like worked in a high school before he went back. Um, and so he's also in this situation where he's applying for these jobs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had applied and I I just sent them like some of my materials and I was like, hey, you guys have done this more often than I have. Like. Is there something I'm doing? I didn't think I was doing anything wrong because I wasn't getting callbacks or anything. Just it's right. been so long. I've been out of the high you school game well for last. so long. Yeah. yeah. Like I've, I, because the, the way you set up an application, uh, set of materials for like a, even for a community college is like actually way different than you would do for a high school. Mm-hmm. And I had been in the rhythm of doing kind of higher ed stuff. So I just wanted sure, to, sure. to check myself. And <laughs> the, the kid who's still living here, the guy who's still living here was like, oh yeah, I applied for that job too. And I was like, <sighs> 
<laughs> this is such a ridiculous universe. Like the school <laughs> is going to get, you know, probably a hundred applications from people right. for this teaching job that pays like in the, you know, low forties or something and requires. A, oh, you know, it, oh somebody, private school. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Here we are, two of us from the same department. <laughs> and I was just thinking about it. I'm like, well, my buddy's got more teaching experience than me. So even if I'm better than the night, you know, or more qualified, quote unquote, right, than the other 99 candidates he's got me beat there so like yeah like it's just a yeah i don't know it's uh it's it's not a fun experience <laughs> well i i applied to a uh an art school too and i i didn't get it i had like two phone interviews they went really well met it was a, the interview in person was on my birthday mm. i was like ah oh, shit this sucks and a uh, super hot day long commute <laughs> And then like two days later, they're like, we'll let you know in two days. Mm. I got an email and a call. And essentially, the reason I didn't get the job, which I appreciated the call. That was nice. The quote in the email and that they used on the phone was, you don't have enough background in movement. And I had to think, like, what the fuck are they talking about enough movement? And I was like, I'm sorry. Do you mean like I don't have a dance background? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's what we mean. You don't have a background (laughs) to dance to teach history. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Like... (laughs) Thank you for your honesty, but what the hell? We can make this. (laughs) How hard can it be? Yeah. (laughs) So I was literally thinking, so you want me to tap dance for this job? Like, literally, to bend over backwards when they're like, dance for me. Like, that's what they wanted. And I was like, this is the epitome of job searching for a teaching job. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) They wanted like an interpretive, what, could you design a lesson where the students have to do an interpretive dance of the Constitutional Convention. Like, <laughs> ah, oh, shit. You have 20 minutes. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. It sounds like the weakest link when you get it, like, <laughs> before you get dropped. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, uh, I guess the, the last thing, because I want to be respectful of your time, uh, is any, like, oh, shit moments, aside from, like, like non-job like job searching, like, clearly I don't have the dancing background to be able to teach, but um, any like, oh shit moments. Have you had an, either at the K through 12 level or the graduate level or uh, undergraduate level? Two of them. Two There's or two. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two stand out to me just, and they're very different, like completely different. The first, I, when I was student teaching, we were doing, it was like a Western Civ class and we were doing, um, I think we were doing like ancient Egypt or something like that. I don't remember. It's the beginning of the year. Right. And, we're going along and we've been in the unit for a few days. I don't know what we've been doing, talking about this, talking about that. And uh, I don't even know what the activity was, what like the students were supposed to be doing at, at this particular moment. Um, but this kid raised his hand and was like, it, there was something... There was something involving a timeline. Like I, I, either I had a timeline up on the board or they were creating one for themselves or they were doing whatever. And this kid raised his hand and he was like, I, I have a question. It's probably kind of stupid. I was like, mm, whatever, go ahead. Um, and he was like, why are the numbers going down? And that's exactly how he asked it. And I was like, I, at first it took me a second to realize what he was talking about. And then I realized that he was referring to the dates. Oh, like BCA. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. And I said, and it was one of those things where, like, I didn't even know, like, what you were just saying. Like, I didn't quite know, because I didn't want to embarrass him. And I also right. didn't want to shut it down, because actually my first thought was, man, he can't be the only one. You know what I mean? Like, who's thinking? <laughs> sure. um, but also I was like, actually, I don't, I don't really know how to explain this other than this is the way the calendar was <laughs> has been set up and this is how we do it. Like, I don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. And you're in the moment too, so you can't. Like, right, right, right. 
So I said, you know, well, it's, it's, you know, BC, so the numbers will go down and then you hit zero and then they, you know, like this is 20 arrows, you know, 2009. So we're 2009 years removed from that zero and we're right. 2009 years plus whatever, you know, whatever numbers we're like. Right. But it's, you know, that's the divide. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. And, you know, now I kind of think like, you know, it might have been interesting for me to just say, I mean, you could explain that, but just say, well, I don't know. Does anyone else know? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, see the, what B- they've got, yeah, yeah. like the BCAD thing is... I mean, it, that's a very you know straightforward, direct explanation of it. But like I said, I don't know why or like when that originated. You know, right. it's not like... And I still... Like now that I'm thinking about it, right, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. It's not <laughs> like... You know, and I was thinking about it after the fact. I was like, you know, it's not like when Jesus was born, somebody said, well, it's, it's year zero now. Like, you know, it had to be something that was imposed after the fact. Right. And also, like, there are other ways of keeping time. That's right. I do actually... Uh... A.D., Amus Domine, yeah. which means, uh, and Steve that's been on this podcast, he used to say this when I was in computer class, which stood for, it's not after death, it's Amus Domine, which means like in the year of our Lord, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which by the way, this gesture is from, uh, you know, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Yeah. He would do speeches and he would do this sweeping palm up motion. <laughs> and um, they were like, what the hell does this mean? And actually I got this from comedians in cars getting coffee. It means... I lay this shit before you as he, <laughs> as he does it. Um, but anyway, sorry. So AD. Yeah, that was, like that would be. I mean, that's like a whole lesson right there. That's like a whole day. Like, well, yeah. you know, yeah. get the get something out and like let's 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 see what we figure out. And yeah. like like I was saying, it raises other questions, right? Like, do we have to go by this calendar? Like, are there people who don't right. go by this calendar? Like, why is it that you know? And it's like if you're talking about a Western civ class, like it's kind of important to know. Like, a lot of what we do is kind of you know Eurocentric and Christian right. centric. Um, so that, I mean, anyway, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So I always, yeah. I remind myself of that because on the surface and not to be a little kid, cause that, I mean, it's an honest question, right. but like, it's a very straightforward question about something that you would just think that most like freshmen in high school would have figured out by sure. that point. Sure. But actually there's a, like a depth and richness to the conversation you can get from it. Right. If you, if you start with the. I don't know. Right. Right. Which is sometimes the best answer. Right. Instead of, instead of having, well, yes. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes, I mean, uh, well, uh, (laughs) but like, instead of stopping the conversation that I don't know, or, you know, doing the, I don't know, here's the answer. And this is all you need to know about it. Like back and forth. Right. Starting from that point. Uh, The other, (laughs) the other one was the, the, the first, and actually technically the only fight I ever had to break up. Oh, Saved by the Bell. So, if you would like to hear the rest of Tim's oh shit story in the classroom, check out episode 47. 46 next week is going to be Peter, and here comes the rest of the outro for episode 45. Cool. Yeah. So, that was just a, it was an eye-opening experience. Yeah. Welcome to the profession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. Well, was there anything that you wanted to, to plug aside from don't don't strangle teachers with the phone cords or <laughs> no no that's well yeah that's always a good public service now. um i would actually recommend if you're like a history person check out that whenever it comes live check out that where historians work thing because i think it yeah like, there's yeah. some usefulness there even for for k-12 um and just even just to think about you know what history is and what you can do with it yeah um and i made that book right one shot at forever um, and I, actually, I just the only thing I was thanks for doing this and setting it up. This is really cool. Yeah, you know, it's nice to have a 
we need more like public spaces to talk about teaching and learning so it's perfect yeah no i appreciate you coming on mm-hmm. coming all the way i mean you live on the south side but we are super far south side right now so <laughs> so no thank you i appreciate it yeah um we'll have to we might have to do it again at some point see what the update is at yeah some point yeah and, uh when the website goes live you have to let me know sure but um but no thank you for being on no problem. uh for everybody else thank you for listening in feel free to reach us at your favorite social media um at classroom brew uh contact us classroombrew at gmail.com Make sure you spread the word, rate and review in whatever podcast app you're in. Uh, You don't have to write a review, but just giving us five stars would be awesome. Thanks so much for the support. And as always, or at least until next week, class dismissed.